0: Severin. Hi Vanya. Oh my god. Hello, Rom Criminals. We got a fun one today. That's I found right. a co- 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 crazy story for you to share that I'm going to tie in with the rom-com that you've selected for this week and it's uh it's also one of my favorite moves, movies, That's true. not moves. One of my favorite moves. <laughs> no. Uh yes,
1: do you have any Lenny roms in your life? Any any crime roms
0: in my life? Well, it's so funny. I'm going to try to figure out how to do this my sister her baby shower is this sunday in maine obviously i can't physically be there so i'm trying to figure out they're going to set up like a zoom link but see the thing is is that it starts at 10 a.m maine time which is 7 a.m time, And I Bleh. close Saturday night So I'm just like Do I just not go to bed When I get home from work At 3am And just like Drink coffee for four hours Do I try to nap What do I do But I'm just so excited To celebrate That's my my rom To celebrate yes. my, my little sister Having a baba. It's I gonna be it. so exciting um, That's the rom In my life this week What about you um,
1: Well my rom is I got to go to a wedding What is more romantic than that Nothing I, it was so fun it was so it was so magical because we went up to Seattle and we went to um, it's called it's actually her there my friend Betsy hi Betsy her spot is called Club Meadow so they're, they're going to do um, events there, but they're the first ones to get married uh, at their at their space on Camino Island. And it's also a flower farm, so there's beautiful dahlias and all kinds of different flowers oh everywhere. Oh, my
0: gosh. That does sound magical, and I love the name Club Meadow. Isn't that
1: beautiful? <laughs> yeah. on, welcome to Club Meadow. It was so fun. They had, when they got married, after, you know, everything, as they're walking down this beautiful outdoor flower encrusted field uh a huge uh, marching band came out and started playing immigrant song oh, it was wow. so good and um my friend Daniel and jess hi guys we did we betsy kind of um she was like hey you guys are gonna talk in the wedding we're like oh good wonderful so we we created something to say she really like managed the most of it but it was so much fun. It was like I i was telling somebody, but I was like, I kind of got the bug for being in front of people and just like.
0: Oh, yeah. You, you know, were like, let me just, let me sell the shit out of this, like wedding toast exactly. or wedding poem.
1: And my, and so it was just like lovely. Absolutely. And their love is beautiful and love is beautiful. And it really just makes you want to fornicate I love it Um, and then the crime is I was just at the grocery store and the guy in front of me I think he was possibly a police officer but he was saying and I'm like is this am I should I not be but I he was saying that in the next hundred days starting next week or something like that in Los Angeles all misdemeanors are not going to be charged no one will be charged misdemeanors so you can essentially I don't know if they'll be charged later but crime is going to go down Something with our, the new police commissioner or something like that.
0: Weird. Like, they're just like, we'll just not prosecute any misdemeanors so that our numbers go down. And you do or something like that. I know. Let me get back to you guys. I'll do some research. I was like, but I know I'm trying to This, like, this is is literally is 20 minutes
1: ago when I was finishing up at the grocery store. And I was like, huh, that's weird. That's
0: weird. So, uh, I'm very curious. Yeah, please get back to us. Yeah. when you Or I can Google it, too. I can be like, no, what's no, a misdemeanor? I'm sure and everyone's is very
1: interested. So I'll, I'll find out.
0: Yeah, awesome. I guess uh, my crime is bangs, bangs. I tried to cut my own bangs. Oh, no. I tried to trim my own bangs, not cut them. I already had bangs, so like I'm not totally crazy. I already have bangs. I tried to trim them. And I didn't do a terrible job, but see, one of the issues, I have this cowlick on one side of my head, so even though my bangs are the the same length, I didn't do anything crazy. Because my cowlick means one side kind of just has a little more volume, it looks like now I have like a staircase... Like a slight staircase bang happening. Uh, I'm getting. I'm, I had an appointment already. I don't know why. It was just growing into my eyes to the point where it was not. It was no longer tenable. I was like, This is bad. I can't. I can't live like this. <laughs> and no. I don't have a hair appointment for two weeks. Um. So that's my crime against myself. Yep.
1: That's. I think yeah. a lot of people have committed that crime against themselves. Yeah. I, I sure have.
0: I definitely have never done it. Th- I've always trimmed my own bangs because I was shown how. Right, but I had let them get too like so long that I was like, I really got to trim these. And then I was like, I really overdid it. It's oh, like over-plucking no. your eyebrows, you know? And you're like, damn it! <laughs> but at least these will grow out, I well, hope. You're
1: gorgeous. Oh, you're, you're sweet.
0: It's just, you know, all about those bobby pins right now.
1: That's true. It looks really
0: cute. She's very 90s right now, you guys. There you go. It's really I have a little
1: side braid.
0: Yeah. Oh, Here we go. 90s. Are we going right into the 90s with our rom-com?
1: Yes, we are. My best friend's wedding. Woo. Oh my god, I love this movie. Um, I have to say, when I when I was younger, when I watched it in the '90s, it was like I really, really loved it, and I was like so on Julia Roberts' side because you know she's the best friend of, uh, McDermott. What's his name? Oh my god, I love that. I actually didn't look up anybody's name. Dormit Mulroney, I think. Dormit Mulroney. And he's a beautiful man and he's a perfect per- character in any rom-com. Gorgeous dude who's like their best friends. They were always best friends for like however many years. And she's real sporty. You know, she's the sporty type. They they did date a little bit when they were younger, but it didn't last because, you know, she kind of, she's not conventional. She doesn't want to do things the way the mo- mm. most women want to do. And we kind of meet her and this place where she's, you know, her she has an editor. Oh, she's a freaking f- food blogger, but not a blogger. But like she's an actual, you know, journalist. Yeah, food critic. Yeah, f- like amazing, right? And
0: that's the dream job, man. I love that is. about rom coms. Rom coms yeah. always give yes. our main characters these absolutely ridiculous lives that. Like, you don't even need romance. Your life is perfect as it is. Like, you uh-huh. eat delicious food for a living. You look like Julia Roberts for yeah. for life. Uh, you won already.
1: And she's talking to her best friend, also her editor. And she's saying, oh my gosh, my, my, my best friend, this other guy, you know, her other best friend. Sorry, she has a gay best friend. She has... Mul- Mulrooney. Dermot McDermott. What is his name?
0: <laughs> Dermot. I think it's Dermot but it's so confusing because there's a Dylan McDermott and a Dermot Mulrooney, but I'm pretty sure this is Dermot Mulrooney. Wait, hold
1: on, I gotta check now. Um But what I was gonna say is she's she she was like, Well, he's trying to get a hold of me and I don't know what it's all about. He, he said it was urgent, like call any time. And then she remembered when they were young on one party night. They made a pact when they were 20. They said when they're 28, if they're not married yet, 28.
0: 28. That's so funny. In my brain, I was like, so when they turn 40. Right.
1: But no. 40 40 makes sense to me. Because they're
0: probably 40 year olds when they played these parts.
1: Well, that's probably true. They look very good, but it's it's very true. 28? Yes. You're going to make a marriage pact
0: for the ripe old age of 28?
1: And so she's nervous. And you can tell right away that she's like. I don't I you can see it in your face in my opinion. Um you can see that she's like doesn't she she kind of like is like oh god, I hope that's not it. Until she gets on the phone with him and it is because he's like I'm well, it's not it because he found someone. He met someone. And now she's getting you know, a little jealous or whatever. She's like, "Oh, wait a minute, Dermot McR- Mulroney. You're right. It is. Sorry, I had to look it up." She played Julia. Plays Julianne. Dermot plays Michael. I will be calling him that. Um, and then so what else was I thinking about this? That I oh, it occurred to me as I'm watching this, and I I really actually even watching it now, I still do love this movie, and I really recommend it. You can you can rent it on Prime or Apple. Okay. I think I couldn't find it for free anywhere, but um you know i'm sure like if you're a good you know cold r- blooded american red-blooded american you probably own the movie but maybe you cold-blooded american you're a cold-blooded american <laughs> but um yeah so w- hold on i have to look at my notes because um i wrote something i know it's very important they had of the course. pact that they would marry each other he calls okay he's like i'm getting married this sunday what that's, I mean like he he if they're best friends you'd think he'd be like yeah, like
0: F well he had been trying to get a hold of her who knows for true. how long okay I'll buy that I'll buy but that but it I, also sounds like maybe it's a quickie wedding too
1: it does and it also seems like he is kind of late they're making him out to be like this like I just like sports doy doing doing doing. and then she's like to her best to her other best for sure gay best friend she's like I'm a busy girl I've got exactly as she's smoking a cigarette I got exactly <laughs> four days to break up a wedding and then we meet his bride-to-be, Cameron Diaz, who is gorgeous and so cute. Her name is Kim, Kimberly. And she she's like, um, my best friend, my maid of honor, she broke her pelvis doing something in some fancy place because they're billionaires, by the way.
0: Right. Like, um, so Kimmy is a super rich young
1: lady. That's right. And so then she asks Julianne to be her b- best woman. And I'm like, that's crazy, but I like it for the movie. Um, and then, as they're in the elevator, just the two of them, bright-eyed and beautiful, little Kimmy stops the goddamn elevator, and oh, she's no, like,
0: "Vanya's worst nightmare, everybody." It is,
1: and it's true. You know, it's funny. I did. That's this why you were on Julia
0: Roberts' side from the beginning, because you it started is. with that. You're like, she trapped her in an elevator, go down I, in flames. Cameron exactly. <laughs> I
1: know. And K- Kimmy is like, I just wanted you to know. Like, I was jealous at first, but in the end, I realized, you know, he has you on a pedestal, but he has me in his arms. Right, and so then mm-hmm. she's like, ah. but then after I watch, I love this movie. I have a couple other favorite mo- moments when finally her gay best friend and editor comes to visit. Then she gets caught up in a lie that he is her boy, or you know, her. they're together and and actually a uh, uh, affianced, affianced, and, and they're sitting at the table with his her family, Kimmy's family, um, you know, Michael's family, and both Julianne and. Uh, her editor and they're like how did you meet please tell us and he's like well it was the most romantic story why don't you tell it honey buns and she's like it's private no let's not do that in front of these like 30 people and they're like come on please he's like okay I'll tell it I met her in a mental institution. And I, like, laugh.
0: I guffaw. <laughs> so
1: I love that. And then that's the scene where they start singing. Um,
0: yes. Because she has kind of an eccentric extended family. Kimmy yeah, does. Yeah. yeah. she got her, her other bridesmaids, which are her... Are they her cousins or her aunts? They're... I think her cousins. It was they're a, hilarious. And they, they dress up, like, the same. And they're slutty. And, and they're, they're proud of very, it. Very, um, they're very, very... They're very... You know, they're in for a good time. But then they also sing and there's... Just a wonderful, wonderful, like weird, strange family dynamic. I love thing it. There. Forever, and also like Kimmy's reaction to Michael or to not Michael. What is her what is the editor's name? I know Rupert Everett plays him. I will tell you right now. His name is George. George. Oh. But like Kimmy's reaction to George when she thinks oh my they're God. engaged. It's so is, funny. It tells you everything you need to know about how insecure she is. Absolutely. About um, how much her her husband loves julianne
1: yeah and i there's another another wonderful scene where you know julianne basically makes kimmy sing karaoke and she's a very bad voice but it's sweet you know she gets you on her side and michael's like oh my god i love you so much you're my you're beautiful you just saying you can't sing and you try to sing in front of thousands of people in front of me um but what occurred to me out of all like after watching this whole movie and i really did love it i think it's very much worth i mean good lord julian julia roberts she's just the best but i i was thinking about it and i was like you know even if even if you, this was if this is your best friend and even if you didn't have like a prior romantic relationship i could see the feeling of like real true i mean obviously this is a comedy but sadness of like losing your best friend and yeah. i guess you know it's not that you lose your best friend it just changes when they have a partner but then again you do lose what it was you lose those like every like when I you know being young and every night I'd be sitting on someone's couch and we'd stay up till 5am and when you have your partner your husband it's like it's not like that anymore they you know your partner should be your best friend too so you have to share them and so my heart I kind of got like a little sad thinking about that and I made so much sense of the way that Julia Roberts' character is acting throughout you know
0: Yeah. I mean, it's got to be kind of also like a harsh reality slap to the face when you're like, oh, my backup plan doesn't need me anymore. Right. Well,
1: that's totally (laughs) like I had
0: this beautiful, wonderful man that, you know, obviously is perfect in many ways. He's just not meant for me romantically until you realize like, oh, but he's meant for someone else. I don't know. It's very real. It's what she does in the movie is really mean. Oh, yeah. And that's the beauty, I think, and genius of Julia Roberts, like in these types of roles. is Absolutely. That 90% of her actions in this movie are horrifically mean. Fucked up. Yeah. You, and you they're all in the that. interest of her own happiness. She's actually like trying to destroy the man she claims to be in love with his happiness. Yeah. And a young girl who's done nothing to deserve it. But she's so good at towing that line of like, you see where it's coming from. Yeah. And she does the right thing in the end.
1: Yep. She does. But it gets real messy before that. I really recommend this. Definitely take a watch if you guys are in the mood. You won't be sorry. It's it's. I feel like anytime, not that we have TV anymore. If it was on TV, I'd watch the whole thing. So yeah,
0: for real, this is like a if you had TBS or USA and it was oh, on, yes. you would just you wouldn't change, you wouldn't keep scrolling, you'd stop. That's right. So 100%. there you have it. There's
1: my little, my um, you know, paint swipe of the uh of my best friend's wedding. But yeah, amazing. I loved it. I loved it so much.
0: Well, I thank you for, for doing My Best Friend's Wedding. I, too, love that movie. And now I kind of want to do like a rewatch of it because I've seen it enough times that I didn't feel the need to rewatch it before recording. But now I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah, there's some really great little- Such
1: good moments.
0: Details there. And a very like new Cameron Diaz totally held her own against Julia Roberts. Which Absolutely. Is, which was is probably partly why she also became a superstar. That's
1: right. That was her one of
0: her first. So it's so interesting- when trying to pair crimes, right? So mm. obviously we've got a wedding and I feel like we've had that before where I was like, I went for the, I had to find something at a wedding. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, I, I couldn't find anything. So I abandoned that already. Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure I've already tried that Avenue. We already did, um, an episode where the theme was kind of best friends with Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. And so I was like, okay, well this is at its core or what it appears to be, even though it's not really, is kind of like a love triangle. For sure, and it's been a minute since we've done a love triangle Ooh, story. That's
1: true. And what
0: I like about the love triangle story I'm going to tell you is that while it might appear to be a love triangle or like some kind of love triangular situation gone terribly wrong, it's a uh, it's not at all what it appears to be. Are you ready? I'm
1: ready. I'm so. Excited. And there's
0: a last name in common. So like the main players today are a married couple named Angela and Ian Diaz. Oh. Um. And so there, that's another that's another real loose thread tying from <laughs> from Miss Averin over here. I'll take right, it. So Angela Connell met Deputy U.S. Marshal. So he's like a you mm. know like that's big time. They're the ones that like go catch the fugitives, right? Yeah, the U.S. Marshals. If you're a marshal, yeah, or like witness protection stuff like mm-hmm. that. All right. So Angela Connell met Deputy U.S. Marshal Ian Diaz in January of 2016, and the two of them were married by February. Oh. Uh Uh-huh, of 2016. So, married in a month. There's another little tie-in to our quickie wedding movie. Ah,
1: there you go. Now,
0: the whirlwind romance was like a fairy tale come to life. And when Angela told Ian that she was pregnant with twins, he and his family were over the moon, all right? So this is all happening fast, right? They got married after dating only a month. Within a couple months of being married, she is now pregnant with twins, but everyone is excited. Um, Everything is going perfectly well until the emails start coming in and they're coming in droves Uh-oh. and they're scary and they're vulgar, awful emails. So let me read you just a couple examples of things that she received. And this all started in May of 2016. So on May 29th, she received an email that read, I hope you are scared to death tomorrow. Be prepared. Don't sleep. We will steal your child and we will watch as it dies. You're a piece of, sh- yeah, Ew. you are a piece of shit and I hope to God you burn for what you have done to us. Then she received another email on May 31st that said, you deserve nothing but a life of lonely torture. I have ways to hurt you. There is no place that you will be safe anymore. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. Holy jeez. And then on June 1st, she gets this email. You might be beautiful. You might be the one he married, but you are still a sinner and must be punished. I will make sure you are reminded of your place by force. Okay. E. So initially, kind of what I think drew me into picking this crime to cover when the movie was My Best Friend's Wedding is just like the, the nature of kind of going out of your way to, to sabotage another woman because she's with the person that you love, right? Because that's kind right. of what Julia Roberts' character is doing. She did. So that's a, like, a, like initially the love triangle aspect, and then a woman, you know, willing to do mean, mean things to who she sees as her love rival. All right, now, these types of emails, they keep coming for weeks, but they're escalating now. Not only are they sending horribly scary messages, but they now include images and, okay, like, warning Trigger warning: These images are horrible. Uh, women being tortured, <gasps> aborted fetuses, Ew. and decapitated bodies. Um, the emails also like, um, they the language of them is very kind of like fire and brimstone. You're a sinner. Like lots of like religious overtones okay. are in the emails, and they all come from different email addresses. Like several different email addresses are sending these emails, but all of the email addresses belong to one person a woman named Michelle Hadley. Now, who is Michelle Hadley? Well, she just happens to be Ian Diaz's ex-fiance.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Now, around the same time, again, I'm going to do another trigger warning, because while nothing actually happens, no one is raped, rape is going to start ke- coming into the story. So just I just like to let people know. Oh, yeah. If that's not your jam, um, which well, it's no one's jam, but, I mean, if that's something yeah. that would be really upsetting to you, like, maybe skip Skip to the end. Um, Okay, so (laughs) around the same time all these emails are coming through, Vanya, someone goes on Craigslist, puts an ad on Craigslist that's looking for a rape fantasy partner. And the ad says that she wants to be attacked while she's out walking her dog and that the person who responds to this ad should not... Be concerned if she's like screaming, seems scared, or is fighting back because this is a fa- this is her rape fantasy, oh and she's God. trying to find somebody to help her make it come true. And then in the ad is Angela Diaz's address and a description of her dog and details of the times that she walks. The I dog. hope
1: the authorities were called. I mean, hello, Marshall.
0: Yeah. Now, obviously, Angela had not posted these ads. And she believed that Michelle, who had been sending her all these horrible emails, must have done. So she and Ian immediately go to the police, right? They're like, what the actual F? And they get a restraining order against Michelle. Then on June 24th, so this all started at the end of May. So it's, it's all happening very quickly. On June 24th of 2016, a hysterical Angela calls 911. She had just been attacked by a man when she was in her garage. Police arrived. They see that Angela's shirt is ripped and that she had red marks and like that looked like the starts of some bruising. And she <gasps> explained and she explained to the police that they had a restraining order against her ex her husband. Sorry, her husband's ex-fiance because she had been posting ads in Angela's name on Craigslist requesting a rape fantasy partner. Um, I would never and be she alone. Be, if and I she believed. Angela. Yeah. And she believed that this man had was responding to that ad that he thought what he was like. She was able to like fight him off and he ran away. Um, but she believes that that's why this happened, right? So then police drive to Michelle's home. They have a warrant to check her phone, tablet, and computer. She seems very confused. She's like, I don't, what? I don't understand what's going on. Um, and then after like looking at her, you know, electronics, she's placed under arrest, and put into the back of the police car. And she's literally saying, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have never met Angela Diaz. I, I'm completely innocent of this. I don't understand what's going on. But no, they take her, they arrest her. They don't buy her story. And she spends the night in jail. Now, her parents are able to post her, her $10,000 bail, right? Um, but while Michelle was in jail overnight, Angela finally felt safe. She didn't receive a single email or scary image. But then as soon as Michelle had been released on bail all of the messages started coming in again. Now, a few weeks later, Angela called 911 another time because there was a guy standing outside her condo staring at it, just like standing in the front yard of the condo looking up at it. And uh, she was afraid that he was there because of the Craigslist rape fantasy ads that Michelle had placed for her. So when police arrived, they basically questioned the 17-year-old teenaged boy who was standing outside her uh, condo about why he was there and he said and he had confessed that he was there to respond to the craigslist ad he was waiting for her to basically come out with her dog for a while oh my god can you imagine this woman is pregnant with twins and like every dude she sees now she's like holy shit this guy might like think that he's doing something that i want him to do by attacking me i just can't even like the fear all right so michelle is of course arrested again Um, she is deemed a clear and present danger to the life of Angela and to her unborn twins. Um, Now at this time, this is her second arrest. Michelle's bail is not set at 10,000. She is given a $1 million bail, right? Now her parents, her parents who 100% believe their daughter is innocent of this, can't afford to post the bond for that and get her a good defense attorney. They can do one or the other. And so they, they give her the choice. So, Michelle doesn't really have that much faith in, like, the legal system because she's now, like, in prison for the second time for something she swears up and down she had nothing to do with. And she feels like, I need a good lawyer. I will sit and wait my trial in here. I don't want to get out just to then end up in here forever. Um, So she decides that she's going to stay in jail, hire a good defense attorney, and wait for trial. All right. So now I want to just... Stop there for a moment. We're going to go back in time. I'm going to tell you about Michelle and then I'll tell you about Michelle and Ian because this was the ex-fiance. So obviously there's a whole other love story that came before the whirlwind one month romance that turned into the marriage of Angela and Ian Diaz. Okay. So Michelle Hadley was a rule follower. You guys, she had been raised in a very religious household and she maintained all of those values as she grew into adulthood. All of her friends, and herself included, described her as a goody-two-shoes who believed that rules were meant to be followed. In high school, she was also a track star who broke all kinds of records and received a full-ride scholarship to college. Wow. After, yeah, after graduating from college, uh, she and her high school sweetheart, who was the only boy she had ever had a relationship with, got married. Oh. So she's 22, she's got her degree, she's got her brand new husband, and their marriage lasted for four years, but... As you can imagine, sometimes when you get married that young and you don't have a lot of experience and you, you know, you kind of grow up, they say your brain doesn't even fully form till you're 25, right? So there's a chance maybe your brains are going to form in ways that don't work out anymore. So it's not like a contentious divorce, but they do divorce after four years of marriage. And so it's 2013. Michelle has never really dated anybody other than her high school sweetheart. And she's not looking to like jump into anything serious, but she does want to like Dip her little toe into the dating pool. It's time to get out there. She's still very young. She's 26. So in 2013, 26-year-old Michelle meets 35-year-old U.S. Deputy Marshal Ian Diaz at a coffee shop. Now, he was very charming, and he quickly convinced Michelle that she should go on a date with him. So she agreed, and the two went out on a date. Then they went out on a second date where Ian told Michelle that he loved her on Uh their second date. So he's clearly a dude that doesn't like to waste time because he married Angela after a month of dating and told Michelle he loved her on their second date, which to me is just like the biggest red flag in the world. Like, you don't love me, sir, because you don't even know me. And if you think you can love me, you probably, we should probably go our separate ways because you, uh, you have a different idea of love than me. Seriously. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then I wrote, he told her he loved her, and then the love bombing, we know that phrase, kept on coming. So while he's laying it on thick about how much he loves her, how amazing she is, it's also really clear that Ian would like uh, Michelle to change some things about herself. Like, she really needed to dress a lot sexier than she was dressing, right? Like, he really wanted her to, like, big hair, acrylic nails. He kept giving her a hard time about how she didn't wear enough crop tops, and he told her he wanted <laughs> her to pierce her belly button. So I just want to point out that and while our... it's 2016. Our, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not 20, that Yeah, so it's 2013, but it's oh, 2013, still... 2013. Sorry. Our movie might have taken place... In the era of crop tops and belly button rings. But this is 2013. It's not like a vibe or a look. It's it's kind of coming back. I don't know about the belly button ring, but the crop tops are definitely back. But like, what the hell? First of all, don't ever let a man tell you how to dress.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, or if he like is weird about it and is insisting that you dress a certain way that's the opposite of who you are and how you were when you met him, just be like, obviously we're not compatible like red flags (laughs) okay so in in addition to being like be sexier michelle pierce that belly button because that's just so hot i don't know to me it's like no um he also encouraged her to take a marketing job at disneyland because that was his favorite place on earth and also he had worked there previously and still had a ton of friends who worked at disneyland now, even though this job was going to come with a $20,000 a year pay cut from the current job that Michelle had, Ian kept pressuring her and eventually she caved and took the job at Disney. So I think you guys are picking up. You guys are, you're smelling Weird. like what I'm, I'm stepping in something, you're smelling it, everyone's yeah. following. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember the exact turn of phrase, <laughs> but Ian is clearly, um, there's like some, there's some imbalance in this relationship in terms of the power dynamic. I think there's definitely love bombing and gaslighting happening. So about six months into this relationship, Ian took Michelle to New York City for her birthday and proposed to her underneath the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. And she said yes. Romantic. Now the two of them start looking for a place to live together, right? Because they're engaged now. They need to move in together. So they found a charming condo in downtown Anaheim. Um, Now Michelle, all on her own, came up with the $14,000 down payment. And they bought this condo. So she came up with all the money herself, but the mortgage and like the title to the condo was in both of their names. Uh, Red flag number thousand and five. Um, Now Ian's controlling ways quickly escalated once they were living together. Right. Like, so dating someone and then moving in with them, you learn a lot more about them once you actually share a physical space with them. And I guess the way his controlling ways escalated and, um, he wasn't just pressuring her anymore to dress sexier. He was pressuring her to have sex with other men while he watched because that was his thing. Oh,
1: well, that'd be something I'd be like, oh, that's you what you have were that getting me ready for. Before by bombing, bombing you
0: propose. Me. Yeah, but like maybe you should have mentioned that that was your thing like before you asked me to spend my life with you. And you'd never brought this up before. <laughs> so after a relentless pressure campaign, Michelle finally acquiesced on Valentine's Day of all days. To get through it, she took a combination of NyQuil and Fireball shots, and oh she my had God. sex with a man that Ian had found on Craigslist while he filmed it. Yuck. Yeah. So the next day, Michelle obviously woke up filled with horrible regret. She begged Ian to erase the video, but he refused. And then he just looked her looked at her and said, "No one was holding a gun to your head." But. That's not really true, right? Like, it's it's not a physical gun, but there's like a metaphorical gun being held to your head that this man who's gaslighting you and love bombing you, he's going to leave you if you don't do this for him, right? So it's a metaphorical gun to the head. But this a-hole was like, no one was holding a gun to your head. Clearly you were fine with it yesterday. Um, This was pretty much the beginning of the end for Michelle. And, you know, within a, a pretty short period of time after this incident, she packed up what she could fit into her car and she left. But it wasn't a clean break, because remember how they bought that condo and both of their names? Now, Ian, after she leaves him, Ian refuses to move out. He refuses to take over like the full mortgage payments. And he refuses to sell, leaving Michelle having to pay for her new small apartment because she had to leave him and half the mortgage on the condo. And she's pissed off. Like She's like, why are you being so weird? Like, Let's just sell the condo, split it. And call it a day. Or you just take over the payments. Like, I'll go off the mortgage. But he's, like, refusing. He's being a real dick. He's pissed that she left. You know, so he's making it hard. So at one point, and she says now, like, in retrospect, she thinks that she was also kind of suffering from PTSD, from, like, all of the things that he'd kind of put her through. Like, clearly, she was a pretty innocent young woman. He was the second guy she ever dated in her whole life. Yeah. So to go through all of those different things that she went through, like, she might have snapped a little bit post-breakup. And she did send him a couple of angry emails, and one of them did read, your sins are many, including defiling me and my family with your wicked and evil sexual acts, your financial irresponsibility and coercion, your gluttony, your greed, your lust, your sloth, your wrath, your envy, Eek. and most of all, your pride. So we hear that, we see that. Michelle did write those emails. that email, um, sent it to Ian. Now, she was mad, but she was also kind of scared because uh, on top of him being you know, really horrible to her about this whole condo thing, she, she kind of got the sense that Ian was, like, following her. Several times she saw um, a car that basically was his car with the license plates removed hanging out, like, near the university where she was getting, like, uh, an, an MBA at the time. She was a grad student, sometimes in her neighborhood. She even told the university about it. And so he actually received an email from the university saying, like, hey, you're banned from this campus. Wow. And so they took her seriously when she called the police about it. They were like, we can't, you don't have a light. We, no, we don't, they got nothing here. There's nothing we can do for you. Now, Ian was like, oh yeah, oh, I can get a restraining order too. You're going to bar me from following you around your campus. So he basically brings the emails that the angry, like biblically intoned emails. He brings those to the police and attempts to get a restraining order saying that she's unstable and he's afraid of her. But the authorities were like, mm, I don't think that's what this is. I don't think these emails are, are um, a sign that you're in danger. So they deny his request for a restraining order. However, you know, he's like a member of law enforcement. So the fact that he even took this step, talked to his pals, tried to get one, like Michelle Hadley, she ever steps out of line again. She's on their radar. You know, right. like a cop tried to get a restraining order. Now, eventually, lawyers did get involved like um, property lawyers to deal with the condo situation. And they finally came to an agreement that in January of 2016, Ian would take over the full mortgage payments, right? So oh, she would no longer have to pay half of them. Now, if he could not afford to take over the whole of the mortgage payments, then he would sell the condo and split the proceeds 50-50 with Michelle. They signed a legal agreement to that. They, all parties agreed, and Michelle thought it was over. Oh. She was so relieved but it clearly wasn't over, you guys. So let's go back to prison, where Michelle has now waiting to go on trial in prison. Um, and these charges that were being laid against her, like her maximum punishment could be life in prison oh with like goodness. all of the different charges. Um, and she's terrified because as I, as I mentioned before, Michelle was a pretty, like, inexperienced, self-described goody two-shoes, but now she's in prison and she's a sex offender. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Or that's like, you know, her crimes are sex crimes, not just any old regular sex crimes, but sex crimes against a pregnant lady. So uh, she's got a target on her back, not just by other inmates, but by guards. She claimed that she was denied toilet paper, um, like, menstrual sanitation pads, contact lenses, like kept in her cell 23 hours a day but there was one saving grace when she was in jail she ended up getting a cell, a cellmate who was an 83 year old lady who had bad eyesight huh. and who was in jail on kidnapping charges I don't know anymore I couldn't find any more about it but oh, wow. she was 83 she was like kind of hard of hearing had a hard time seeing and they kind of took care of each other like this old lady would tell her you got to act tough to make it in here. Like you can't be so meek and keep your head down, like chin up, you know, like be strong. I love it. And then she would like, she would help her cellmate navigate because she couldn't really see. She would help, you know, her to understand what was being said because she couldn't really hear. so they basically, they like took, they kind of formed a little like grandma, granddaughter relationship, and they really took care of each other. And that was like the one thing that was like the only bright spot for Michelle's that at least the woman who's, who shared her cell was kind to her and looked after her now on the outside michelle's parents are doing everything they can to prove her innocence um because they're like we know our daughter didn't do this and we don't understand why police are just accepting the words of it's like you just say our daughter did this but you have no you haven't proved it and she's right. in jail
1: like there where's so, the ip address like all exactly
0: that. so her own parents go out and they buy software to trace the ip addresses of the emails that supposedly belong to michelle um, they also find alibis, like several messages and Craigslist ads were posted at a time when Michelle had actually been in hospital without oh. any devices. So she could not have possibly sent this. So they're collecting all of this evidence. Right. And they're they're going to present this to the police and be like, hi, we have proof that our daughter didn't send these. But before they can even do that. A knight in shining armor shows up at the pri- the prison and actually gets her released first. And that would be Disneyland-loving Ian Diaz, who arrives at the police station and tells them something shocking. He now believes that his wife, Angela, was framing Michelle. (sighs) That it was never Michelle, it was Angela. Now, why... Uh, why would Michelle, or sorry, why would Angela do this? The police are like, okay, Ian, but why do you think this? And he's like, well, it turns out the woman I married after knowing her for only a month, uh, she's a liar. She is not a truthful person, and I've learned a lot of like fucking horrible shit about her. So Ian basically found out at this time when Michelle's sitting in jail that Angela had never been pregnant. She had faked a pregnancy test and purchased sonogram pictures on etsy for seven dollars and 50 cents and like presented them to him and his family oh my god but she had never actually been pregnant she lied about her profession saying she was a lawyer she was not a lawyer she did work as a paralegal but she was not a lawyer um so police are like huh i guess we probably should have like looked more closely into that uh all those emails that she received. So finally, they're like, I guess we should look into those. So they look into the emails and they quickly trace the IP addresses, you know, which even we, like Michelle's parents, you mentioned it. Everybody's like, what about the IP addresses? Yeah. Like an email address, they don't require you to show your fucking driver's license to create an email address. No. You just go online and do it. <laughs> um, so all of these emails basically are traced to IP addresses from Ian and Angela's condo. Angela's cell phone, and Angela's dad's house.
1: What?
0: Yeah. Angela is then arrested. And after spending 88 days in prison, you guys, 88 days, Michelle sat in prison. Holy shit. Facing a potential life sentence. She is allowed to leave prison. Now, I say that because she was not immediately exonerated they did not publicly state her innocence in fact they made her wear an ankle monitor and told her she was not to speak to the press because they were still sorting out the specifics of everything and that they they couldn't clear her just yet That's even though it's like dirty. no you can clear me you just you, you found out that she sent the emails like you proved it i'm but okay so in investigating angela a police discover that uh There's like a long list of shady shit this lady has done. Not all of it's illegal, but it's all terrible, right? So they also discovered a time when she pretended to have cervical cancer. She had convinced her, this was a former boyfriend, she had convinced her boyfriend Jason to let her move in with him by saying that she had just been diagnosed with cervical cancer and she didn't want to be all alone while undergoing cancer treatment. Now, he happily obliged. He rearranged his whole house to make it easier for her to get around. This up, uh, like upset and uprooted a lot of their... He had a son that had like special needs, and so it kind of uprooted like his routine, but he did all of this because he loved Angela, and she had cancer and he wanted to make her life easier, right? Now, uh, there was a lot of telltale signs. She wasn't like a good diabolical, mastermind, schemer, liar. She just was one, but she wasn't necessarily a good one. Right. So while she's undergoing chemo, she's like drinking a lot of wine. Like so much so you that one of her- You can't drink out yeah, the when you're doing chemo. When you're on chemo. But she's like, like one of her friends who was like, you know, my Angie warrior, like everybody pray for Angie. She's got cancer. Started noticing that when Angela was coming over, she was bringing a bottle of, a bottle of wine and she was drinking the whole bottle of wine by herself. And oh. she's like, I just seems weird. It also seemed kind of weird that she had like preemptively shaved her head like right when she started chemo. Because she was like, I don't want to go through the trauma of losing my hair. I'm just going to shave my head. But
1: it seemed to be like. I mean, growing. they do do that, though. People do do that. Sure.
0: Absolutely. But it was like they never saw her lose her hair. Yeah. She's not acting sick or weakly. She's kind of having like a party every day all day by drinking bottles of wine. So. Jason also starts to get suspicious because he, she never lets him take her to her, her appointments. She never wants him to go. She's like, no, 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 it's fine. I don't want you to see it. It's just so sad. Like, I've got this. So he asks a friend one day that she's supposed to have chemo treatment to, like, sit outside. When she comes out, follow her and just make sure she's actually going where she says yeah. she's going. Angela never even leaves the house. She doesn't even pretend to go, guys. She just stays at home, chills, probably drinking some wine. But she doesn't even, like, go get a coffee or something. Like, the pretense of leaving her house for a couple of hours. She doesn't even bother with that step. All right? <laughs> so then she's confronted her friend Mary, I mentioned, her boyfriend Jason. They have, like, an intervention. Also, Mary worked with um with Angela. And when Jason told Mary that Angela said she was a lawyer, she's like, no, we're, we're paralegals together. That's not true. Then they have this intervention, right? Where they confront her and she just like staunchly refuses to admit. She's like, no, I'm not lying. Ask my mom. Like that's all she'll say. (laughs) And Mary's like, but what about you told him you're a lawyer. I work with you. I know you're not a lawyer. Like you're lying. And she's like, ask my mom. I don't lie.
1: Whoa. But
0: obviously that caused the end of, uh, Jason and Angela's relationship. Um,
1: she's a really lazy grifter. She's really really lazy. Another
0: thing that had actually tipped, uh, jason off was that she would send him photos from chemo uh-huh. and so when he was like googling uh, like cervical cancer treatment like the pictures on page one of the google images when you type that in were the same pictures that she had been texting him so she didn't even like deep dive into google images Yeah, go guys. at she least to page like,
1: three guys at least to like, like the she
0: just th- just four. ask her mom she's not lying just <laughs> ask her mom okay so while michelle is technically now out of prison like several months go by and she's still having to wear this ankle monitor and she has still not been publicly cleared this of being so the woman who orchestrated a rape fantasy. You know, like she is still like you Google Michelle and the first thing that comes up is that she is in prison or was, you know, charged with trying to have her ex-fiance's wife raped. Jesus, And she is like, fuck this, you guys. So basically she says, if you do not, she goes like to the DA, the prosecutor of the police. She's like, if you do not remove this monitor from my ankle if you do not publicly state that i have been cleared of all charges i am going to the media i'm going to call every major media outlet in this country and i'm going to tell them how you threw an innocent woman in prison without even doing a simple investigation because the man who was accusing me was a police officer was law enforcement and you guys just did what he said without even looking into it and i lost three months of my life and now my life is ruined because you know all the things so they're like okay yep up Well, publicly exonerated. Oh, she's right. She's right. Everything she said was right. But she had to basically threaten to do all those things just to get them to come out and say, hey, by the way, Michelle Hadley had zero to do with, you know, the harassment, the posted ads for a rape fantasy. Like she's completely innocent and cleared of all these charges. Public. That's now in the public. Um, Okay. So. Angela has now been arrested, right? She's going to face all the same charges that Michelle, obviously, because she's the one that did the things that Michelle was thrown in prison for. So that was a life sentence looming over Michelle's head. But I guess uh, the prosecutors are going to make a deal with Angela. So she did not go to trial. She just took a plea deal for five years in prison. Meaning, I think this probably all went down. The crimes happened in 2016. The Long arm of the law is slow, so maybe she took the deal in 2017. Basically, she's about to be out of prison any day now. Huh. Angela Diaz is. So, you know, watch out, everyone. Watch out Hold for on. the lazy grifter. Watch out for the... Or just don't be lazy in your investigation of it. Like, when someone tells you something, um, look okay. into it. Because apparently she wasn't trying that hard to, like, hide the lying. Okay. So... I'll keep my eyes on that, too. I'll let you know if and when any news comes out about her release. So Ian Diaz, after coming forward and saying that he believed that it was his wife, Angela, not his ex fiancee Michelle, who had been behind the horrible harassment, um, he was never questioned again after that. He basically told them, this is what I think happened. They were like, okay, we'll do an investigation. He then had his marriage to Angela annulled, and he was able, unlike Michelle... Or Angela to keep his identity safe in the immediate aftermath, being referred to in like police, uh, co- like press conferences and or media reports as John Doe, which is a name reserved for victims. Now this did not sit right with Michelle, because she doesn't believe that it was just Angela who decided. She never met Angela. Angela never met Michelle. She's like there is no reason that right. this woman would target me without any instruction and or encouragement and or straight up it was Ian's plan to do it now she believes that a proper this is Michelle she believes that a proper investigation was never carried out because as a U.S. Marshal Ian is law enforcement and the Anaheim police basically just took him at his word without investigating anything so like the badass that she turned out to be Michelle sued the city of Anaheim she sued the Anaheim Police Department and she sued the Diazes and she won Good. And basically, the judge found that, yes, they had, they had done zero investigation and had, therefore had no probable cause to ever arrest her or put her in prison because they had done no investigating. So they, I don't know how much she got, but she won okay. that civil suit. Now, she left California and moved to New York City, where she's, uh, she's now working in marketing. And there are some like good things for Michelle that came out of this experience. I mean, obviously, this is a horrific I mean, how can you even imagine a scenario where you just you date a guy, you have a horrible breakup, but you break up, you know, like you walk away from it. He meets a lady, a lady you never meet, who then proceeds to frame you, right, for like these truly horrible sex crimes. And because your ex is a, like in law enforcement, everybody just t- believes that them, and then you're in jail, and then you get out. It's and a bad. It's, like- it's like a terrif- terrifying movie. It is a terrifying movie, but she did, she did, she was able to take some good stuff out of this. So she recognized, even in the absolute ridiculous unfairness of her situation, how much better she had it as a white woman. Uh. Because, you know, her 83 year old blind cellmate was treated even worse than she was. And so one of the first things she did was she asked her parents to help pay for her cellmate's lawyer to make sure that she was being properly represented and getting like the proper help because she recognized that like she was fortunate to be to have that choice of like do you want us to post your your bail or do you want a really good defense lawyer like she's like most people don't have that
1: yeah I mean most people don't have that so yeah. she helped
0: out her cellmate and then she also started coming out and giving public interviews where she what she wanted to focus on was not Angela she wanted to po- focus on police corruption and what she calls the blue wall of silence which protects cops and other law enforcement from ever being investigated Or prosecuted, she's like, this is a thing that's actually happening. Like there are law enforcement people that are taking advantage of their position, that are committing crimes, or, or you know, in my case, framing people for crimes and being taken at their word. And you guys, all of this public talking about what she really believed happened, it finally paid off because in May of 2021, Ian Ian Diaz was finally indicted. For orchestrating a wild scheme with his then wife to frame an innocent ex- fiance as a rape predator and he was uh he was hit with a slew of charges, including conspiracy to commit cyber stalking now an indictment does not mean he's in jail yet it just means like we've brought an indictment toward like down on you it's up to the lawyers to decide whether or not to go to trial, whether or not to give him a plea deal, whether or not to do something even stupider, I don't know, and, like, do a time served or a probation. It's not, we don't know the full outcome of this yet, but he was indicted. He was publicly rebuked by the U.S. Marshals Services, meaning he lost his job. And we'll have to wait and see, like, where this goes with him, if there is jail time, if there's a trial. Uh, but so for me, the question of, of all of this, other than obviously Ian Diaz is, like, an abuser... Yeah, a manipulator, that's really... a, a, a liar, a bad, a bad, bad man. Why did he do this? And the only thing that people can kind of think of is, so remember January 2016 when he met Angela and quickly fell in love with her and they got married really fast. That was also when Ian was going to have to take over the mortgage payments in full by himself and or sell the condo. Oh. So some people honestly believe that he did all of this to basically get her thrown in jail so that like the legalese that they had signed over their condo, like he could sell it and he'd get to keep all of the money or he could say that like he couldn't afford the full payments, but she, and she was still responsible even though she was in prison for half of them. But to me, I'm like, that's the most insane motive I've ever heard. But I mean, I mean yeah. people have done stuff for less, I guess. And then I think he just met the perfect woman. I think he met Angela probably cause you know, again, he's a man who, Likes to identify a certain type of woman. I don't know if he knew that she was going to be like lying to him. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that she, he knew that he could get her to do stuff for him that involved lying, that she wouldn't have an issue with it. Uh, but it, to me, I just like that. There's no motive there, which is absolutely just bonkers. But I couldn't believe this story. I actually had vaguely.
1: So crazy. Remembered
0: hearing about it. But then when I was really looking into it, I just, the, uh, what she had to do to just get them to publicly state, hey, we goofed here. Like, her whole life is at stake in terms of, like, how is she ever going to get a job again? Like, if she, if you put her name in the Google, the Google, sorry, the Google, <laughs> and the only, the first things that come up is that she has been arrested I mean, I would lead with
1: that. I would lead with that at my interview. I'd be like, let me just tell you a funny story. Well, and
0: she said, you know, like even when she'd been publicly exonerated, it still made it really hard for her to get a job because it's like drama. You have had some serious drama in your life, lady. Like, I don't know. I mean, obviously she's doing fine. Now she has a job. She should write
1: a book. Oh my God.
0: She should write a book and we should all buy it and make her the richest woman in the world. Um, (laughs) But that was... Yeah, I, I went down the road of like, let me just find like just like a ruthless scheming woman trying to get a man from another woman. And I found a story that doesn't follow that at all. But I was like, oh, I have to tell this story. This
1: is good. Yeah. No, God, thank you for the story. This I was I can't believe it's been an hour.
0: <laughs> I'm it's, like, oh. right. It's so nuts. Like we definitely I had listened to a couple of things that had been obviously recorded before Ian had been indicted because a lot of the things that I watched, there was like a real like it is he or isn't he involved right because he's the one that went to the police and actually got her released from prison he's a law enforcement officer but then a lot of the stuff you know about their relationship and what he had done when he was engaged to michelle hadn't come out until she started giving the public interviews but it was interesting to see a lot of people on the fence and then in my research i was like what do you mean on the fence he was charged (laughs) but it just happened
1: yeah wow Oh, my gosh. Well, good luck, Michelle. And good yes, luck. Yes, we wish,
0: we wish you the best. And I hope, yeah. Ian, I hope you go to prison for a lot longer than five years. And I guess everybody keep your eyes out for an Angela Diaz. Should we ever meet one? <laughs> um, not that I'm sure she'll ever use that name again. Uh, but we love you guys. That's right, we do. And we got we something real special you. for you. Oh, yes, we do. Next episode. Next, so, next Tuesday. Yeah, we got ready. something very exciting. All right. Bye.